Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to the Progress Pure podcast. Firstly, how's everyone doing? How are you guys doing? I hope you're well. I hope that if you're in lockdown, that you're managing your life in lockdown as well as you can. Or if you're not in lockdown and you're just going about your normal daily routine, then yes, I envy your freedom, but I also hope that you guys are doing well. So I hope that everybody is good on this Sunday. I'm actually quite excited because I've switched my release dates for these episodes from Tuesday to Sunday. So this is the first episode in this kind of new pattern, new beginnings, if you will. And I am super stoked, stoked, yeah, pretending that I'm from the US, super stoked to have fellow podcaster, singer, former reality TV star, and just all round, genuinely lovely, warm, kind soul, Kagi Dunlop on the podcast this week. Kagi, if you don't know her, she hosts her own astrological podcast, which also delves into various important aspects of our life, including relationships, grief, sexuality, identity, and more. So if you want to check out Kagi's podcast, I encourage you to do that. And it's called Saturn Returns. You can find it on um, on Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen to it. So in this episode, we do delve into astrology itself. We talk about how much we should take it to heart, relationships, marriage, her experience with podcasting and kind of the personal effects and fulfillment it can have. And Kagi also shares some of her wisdom and what she's learned through her experiences so far. Um, So I feel like we're very lucky to have that. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And if you do, feel free to reach out to me at ProgressPure on Instagram, because I always love hearing your feedback. So I hope you enjoy. Kagi, I am so excited to have you on the Progress Pure podcast. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I actually, um, I came across your podcast because I was looking up like best podcast for astrology because me and my friend recently went into this whole realm of we want to learn more and like what does my horoscope mean, you know, and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think partly because we were feeling a little bit lost in our lives and we wanted some kind of explanation or guidance of where to go with that. Totally. And so I found your podcast and I was like, oh my God, listened to a whole bunch of episodes, became pretty obsessed with it and so I'm super excited to be able to chat with you today oh that's so sweet and that's really like exactly what I want to hear you know that sort of that way of finding it is perfect for me because that's how I found it as well I was kind of at a point where I was searching for for meaning and astrology just kind of lent to that for me how did you get into it I think number one is kind of what I want to explore how did I get into the podcast or the, the sort of whole concept and yeah the whole concept the whole kind the whole of thing. yeah like have you always been like had that interest in astrology so I'd say I've always been a spiritual person um and definitely had you know I'm a, I'm always someone I'm thinking a lot like even when I, I went traveling with Millie McIntosh we did our gap year together and Millie would always be like, what are you doing? Because I just every day would have to go off for a couple of hours and would just journal and write poetry. And she was just like, you're so much weirder than I thought you were. <laughs> and so I've always been someone that has like a curiosity about the more sort of esoteric practices and like things and concepts and philosophies. So astrology only really came in though when I actually embarked on my own Saturn return so it was probably yeah a a big piece of it actually for me was I spent a lot of time in Sydney in my life um I first went there when I was 10 and I went with my family on a we went for a a trip we went to go to a family wedding and we made like a trip of it we went for a month and the feeling I had when I was there was like falling in love it was like so strong this very you know it just resonated with me as a place I was like I've been I it was familiar it was like almost like a past life I must have had there or something and so I always had this dream to live in Australia and then I kept going back and back every time I could and it's you know it's quite a long way to go not many people have ever even been and then um I ended up moving there for a bit and every time I went there I definitely lent more into these sort of things and practices and and people it's very 
very progressive in that sense, Australia, Sydney, actually, with their, with their like health and everything. But then I guess it was also when I moved to LA when I was 27 that these conversations were perhaps more mainstream, more like normalised there, because mm, LA yeah. is a little bit woo-woo, you know, compared to, compared to London, compared to my circle in London, it's a bit like, uh, are you all yeah. right, what have you been smoking? <laughs> so I guess that was, that was the time. And then I actually started a podcast while I was there called Girl's Guide to the Galaxy, which was like something I was just sort of, I was, you know, dipping my toe in the water, seeing whether I liked it. I actually was hosting it with an American girl. And it was pretty much the same kind of thing. But then when I came back to the UK, I like refined it a bit more because I had just experienced my own Sassamatone and because it was such a turbulent, like mental time, I thought, well... If I could be specific, so I allow people to have a little bit of a tool book to navigate this period, then then great. So that's the long answer. And <laughs> can you tell people what Saturn return means? Sure. So your Saturn return is an astrological term that basically happens when you are at the end of your 20s to your early 30s. That's when you feel it. And it's when the planet Saturn orbits back to the same place it occupied in the sky at the time of your birth. So Saturn takes about 30 years to do that full transit. And so they say within astrology that, you know, Saturn's principles are all about discipline and boundaries and responsibility. So it's like an assessment from the universe of Saturn coming back being like, so what have you been doing over the last <laughs> 20 something years? And so for some people, it's not so turbulent. If they've been living in quite a Saturnian fashion, it can just like solidify things. Like a lot of people will get married at this time. They might have a child. They might like suddenly get that promotion they've been working so hard for. They might suddenly move to that city that they've always wanted to live in. It can really just like, yeah, just ground things. But if you haven't living been living that responsibly or authentically, <laughs> it might like, it might turn shit up a little bit yeah okay so. so for some people it can be kind of like a yes you're going in the right direction like a bit of a push exactly. and like a lock-in maybe and then for others it can be a bit of a reset and like a whirlwind of let's change it up a bit yeah because it's basically gonna call you out on your own bullshit like if you're not if you're being someone that isn't authentic if you're following a career that's not really what you want to do which it sounds like a strange thing but a lot of people do that and also within friendship circles relationships like we get very stuck in something because we're like well it's been going on this long and we rationalize it and Saturn will come around and just be like no yeah smack you in the no, face it there. will literally it will smack you in the face yeah. and it's really I think you know the, my 20s were incredibly like fluid I guess they were just quite mercurial I, I was messing up a lot but it didn't really like matter I always mm. just kind of like bounced around and floated from one thing to the next and was very unanchored but then during my Saturn return it was just like you can't behave like that anymore it's not gonna it's not gonna work we're not and also I was like I don't want to behave like this going into my adult life it's like that proper initiation into adulthood right when you're like okay how do I want to be for the next X years? And, you know, you have another Saturn return as you're approaching your 60th. So it happens, you really kind of like up level at that point. And then there's other stuff that happens. But yeah. Did it feel like as you were approaching 27, 28, 29, or when as you're approaching that Saturn returns that things were kind of getting a little bit progressively tumultuous or a little bit more hectic that you felt like something was kind of coming yeah. or was it and, and then you spoke to people and it was like oh this makes sense I wish I knew who told me about Saturn return because I really should know and I just don't I don't know where I picked it up I don't know how I came across it but it it probably was someone in LA but I didn't it didn't like it wasn't information that when I heard it, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. Because it wasn't right. fully explained. And also sometimes when you're in the midst of something, I was very in like a victimhood mentality. I was very like, why is everything happening to me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the really big things that I had to overcome. Where I was just like, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Just like, wake the fuck up. So 
it definitely did feel very tumultuous but I'm also you know I saw this thing on Instagram and I thought well this this should be the slogan for your Saturn returns and it was like let go or get dragged and that is kind of it it's like you know change is an inevitable part of life and this is a huge transit and whether you believe in astrology or not this is an initiation into adulthood you know just in terms of like actually having to take on responsibility like you're kind of separated from your parents fully you're fully autonomous like you've had enough experiences with relationships and all this kind of stuff so like like i say whether or not you believe in it it is a very transitory time and yeah for me it was just uh I guess shit felt, felt like it was hitting the fan a little bit. Which can be a good thing, like, uh, and I partly say that with the wisdom of your podcast, like from listening to things that you've spoken about and I've heard you say before how um, if you resist change, that can be one of the most painful things of all. Yeah. And I think that that's such a healthy and freeing mindset because then in a way, instead of just like clinging to these things where you're like but this should be happening and that should be happening if you can just like take a step back and sometimes just be like i'm just gonna let life wash over me a little bit yeah it sounds totally. like that really helped you and if like anyone takes away one thing let that be it like resistance is it, that is the pain that's like unbearable you know but and we cause that to ourselves whereas actually and you know i still have to remind myself of that i've had experiences over the last I've had two experiences in total separate aspects of my life over the last six months that I have, like, res resisted. I've tried it, but, like, no, I want <laughs> this to go this way, like, dragging. And it's kind of like holding on to the back of a speedboat and, like, yeah, yeah. you're just like, I won't let go. And I am so stubborn. I'm a Taurus, so I really can, like, dig my heels into the ground. Mm -hmm. But, you know, both times when I eventually have, like, let go, I've ended up in much better positions because of what happened. So the, the way I look at it is like, we think our life is linear mm. and our mind works in a very linear, like quite a masculine fashion of like, okay, if I do this and then I do that, then I'll end up there. And that's my plan. Whether that's a relationship, a career, a house, like whatever. And then the reality is the universe, like, cause you don't actually have a conversation in linear thought but it's all energy. It's kind of like, it's like a squiggly maze. So it will be like, we're actually going to get you here, but we're going to throw you there because that's the only way you're going to get there. And you need to learn that lesson by going that way so you appreciate getting here. Whereas we're like, I know, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's really interesting because right now, so I met up with my friend yesterday and he was talking about goal setting and like even for my podcast, he was like, but what's your goal? Like, what's your step? Like, where do you want to be and blah? And there's a part of my brain that's resistant to that because I'm like, but that's so like regimented in this way and this way. And then I think that it's quite helpful to remind yourself that there is no path to anything specific. Like there's no path to success. There's no path to, like you have to kind of go sometimes in an untrodden way to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Like life totally. isn't, like you said, always so bomb, bomb, bomb. Yeah, I think that the really interesting part about what you just said though, it's like, it's really, really, really important and crucial to have the goals and like to know where you're going. Because I always used to just like meander around. And if anyone came along, they were like, you should do this. I'd be like, okay, that sounds authoritative enough. I'll do that. And then like six months later, I'm like, I never wanted to do this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, okay, but the difference is rather than being methodical about it, you do it from an energetic standpoint. So like if you journal around, okay, these are the things like I want to do with my podcast because this is how I want it to feel. Like this is what, I, I spoke to someone who was a business strategist the other day and she was like, if you can alchemize like what people need and what people, how people benefit and how that can be an act of service, with what like lights you up, then you've got the magic. And I think that's always really beautiful thing to try and like embody, because I think we get really caught up with like, you know, a sort of capitalist mentality of like, okay, that's what I want to achieve because that will make me happy and that's what everyone says will, but it looks different for every individual. And it might be more humble than you think, you just don't know. So I think it's just about getting really clear on like the energy you want to feel in the end goal. And if that means like a specific, person that you get by all means like write that down 
I've been really specific with stuff and it's and it's actually happened but it's not through it's not through like trying to get there it's through writing it putting it down forgetting about it and then like six months later I'm like oh damn <laughs> tick that's pretty cool yeah tick <laughs> on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah and maybe that's a coincidence but I don't think so do you think it's because when you write it down it's in your head so you're subconsciously and maybe consciously as well sometimes making decisions that are in line with that totally and I think it's the same thing of like you know, there's part of part of me that likes the sort of like mystical, magical side. That's like the universe is up there, or like your 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 spirit guides are like, oh yeah, we can read that. We can't understand you most of the time, but we can read. <laughs> so part of me is like that, but also the more like pragmatic. Not even that this is that pragmatic, but in in the way that we we are aware of our conscious thoughts, but yet our brain is picking up on so many more details than we know. So the whole like subconscious and the non-conscious is like got all the information actually and is is manning the boat most of the time so if you like think about that theory if you get up out of bed in the morning and you stub your toe and you go oh it's gonna be one of those fucking days everything's gonna go wrong today and then like it does because your your subconscious is then programmed to be like okay let's pick up on everything that's going wrong that's going wrong that could be going wrong they just looked at you badly that's going wrong and and equally, if you kind of like can start your day with like, this is the energy I want to feel in the future, your brain, your subconscious is going to start looking for things and like what is going to pick out what resonates with that, what connects with that vibration. And then you kind of just like start flowing into it. And then before you know it, you manifested your house, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> you're like in your house. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? I yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, fridge full of Fiji water. Yeah, exactly. But it's important to like, just be aware of your thoughts. And I think journaling is just a very powerful way of being able to monitor your thoughts and actually conduct them in the right way. Because actually, if we if we wrote down what we were thinking all the time, we'd be like, oh, that's not, that's quite negative. That wasn't very nice to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. And it's often things that I feel you say things to yourself and then often I'll try and imagine if I was saying it to my friend and I'd be like, oh, I would never say that to my friend. Like, that's really mean. Exactly. People say you should, like, speak... speak If you spoke to your best friend or if your best friend spoke to you like that, would you be friends with them? And the answer is every time, no. We're very critical on ourselves. And to a degree, it's necessary because it keeps us, like, functioning in society if we didn't have, like, those inhibitions and stuff. But you also have to, like... Be kinder to yourself. I actually was speaking with someone last night about this. I was like, I feel like I give off a very light energy when I'm interacting with people and like to make people feel good and I feel good. But when I'm on my own, it's like a slightly different story. It's like quite, it's quite, um, quite like melancholic, which isn't always a bad thing. But sometimes I'm like, I can spiral into that and I can be quite quite mean to myself which is something I really don't want to do anymore but we're just not taught to be kind to ourselves it's almost like considered arrogant or narcissistic to be like you've got this you know people like no you don't no you don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah like be humble be English be English (laughs) self-deprecating hate everything But do you think then if you are, you know, because like 100% you're light, like you're so easy to connect to, like I feel happy talking to you, like you definitely do give off those vibes. Do you feel that that can be like a people pleasing tendency? And then if you're, because I was talking to my best friend about this the other day, like I think that I'm an extrovert introvert, like I like to people please. And like when I'm with people, I'm like, yeah, like da 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 da, like asking questions, like making them feel great. And then when I'm on my own, I'm like, I need to just chill (laughs) and like recharge, (laughs) you know? I know, and I I mean, I did the personality testing and it came back as like pretty extremely introverted, which is weird because I also do, like I was listening to one of Brene Brown's podcasts and she was saying how she had like a meet and greet and she was like, that is an introvert's worst nightmare. And I was like, it's actually not mine. Like I love meeting people and I love like, connecting with people I really get something from it but 
I wouldn't say I'm as much of a people pleaser as I used to be because I'm good at knowing when, like, I, I get a lot and, like, it fills up my energy, but I know now when to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done, mm-hmm. which is a really... It's funny, actually, because I never was able to do that, but that was very connected with, like, my behavior in terms of drinking and stuff because that would that would exacerbate my, like, people-pleasing because then I would just be, like, morphing personality into whomever I was around. And I would never know when to leave because I didn't want to... I didn't want to upset people. So I always was, like, the last to leave the party, which is the not the person you want to be. And now... I just, because I'm quite in tune with myself, like my friends actually have said, one of them has said that they find it quite like, not in a bad way, but it kind of triggers them because I'll literally be in the park with all my friends and like everyone will be like having a good time, we'll be having a picnic. And then quite abruptly, I'm just like, okay, bye, I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, and I won't even like hug everyone. I'll just get up and I'll be like, I'm out, bye. And they're like, done something but for me it's just like I know when I'm I know when I'm done yeah and I don't have a problem like if that upsets people that upsets people like even like when I've had people over for dinner not that long ago when it kind of is past midnight you're like all right everyone out (laughs) yeah I literally like okay you guys can go now and they're like uh that's that's really rude I'm like it's not, it's my, it's my house, I want yeah. to leave, I want to go to bed, had you over, get out. Yeah. <laughs> but no one does that, people will just stay, you know, and I, I know. think that that's like, I've had to let go of some people pleasing uh, habits, but like, you realise that they really don't serve you, or, or other people, it's far better to, to um, demonstrate like boundaries because people actually are like, oh, you know, if she can do that, like, I can do that. I have a, I have a, a friend that, um, a new friend that I make called Africa Brooke. I don't know if you've Oh my God, her. cool name. She, I know. And she's very, very cool. And she's someone that, like, when I met her, I was just like, wow, she has the best energy. But also, like, it triggered me because she has such good boundaries. And she's just like, she doesn't, she's like, I don't have to be available to people all the time. Like, why do we have to be available? And I was suddenly like... I don't know, but I am. You know, I feel like I'm available to people all the time. So I just was like, I'm taking myself off. Like, you can't see when I'm online on WhatsApp. I don't I don't want to feel the need that I have to respond. And also, like, on Instagram sometimes, I'm like, no. Don't, you don't need to respond to people 24-7. I've gone off tangent, but... <laughs> I, like, massively resonate with that because... I'm very conscious of it, even when I um, when people message to hang out and people, you know, you want to make like an excuse or something. And if you don't want to hang out, not because it's them, but because you're like, I need my me time or like I need my space. And even saying things like, oh, I can't, I'm doing this or I can't because I'm doing that. Like it, I feel like disservice to yourself yeah like I'm really trying to take steps towards being honest and being like listen I'm choosing not to I like because of this reason rather than I can't like totally you know yeah I, and I find myself doing that and like sitting with the like discomfort and you know you want to apologize like even I had two days ago I was just like I'm not communicating with anyone on any like on my phone at all today because I was just burnt out and I was like I don't need it and then people start like calling when you haven't responded. And I'm just like, no. And then the next day I had to really like catch myself from writing the message of not saying I'm sorry. Yeah. Because it's like, why am I sorry? Why am I sorry for like taking a day? Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, I was off communications yesterday. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sounds a bit psycho, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But people are like, oh, okay, that's that's fair enough, I guess. But it's just a weird thing that we just not good at disciplining like being disciplined with speaking our truth Mm. it's just a very strange societal thing where we just would rather like make everything comfortable at the sacrifice of our of ourselves it's odd because then the more that people do it the more it becomes strange to tell the truth which is bizarre like yeah i was on the phone the other day and i was speaking to my friend for half an hour and then i just got kind of, like i was just like it's 8 30 it's kind of my me time i want to eat popcorn and i like, watch tv like i don't want to carry on the conversation but felt kind of rude and being like 
I'm just gonna wrap this up here if that's cool and like I'm gonna I'm just gonna take off and even going on dates me and my friend uh, we we've tried to be we try, we try and have rules to ourselves to try and be in as, as honest as possible so at the end of the date rather than going if you didn't like them or you know midway through the day or five minutes if you're not into them instead of being like oh no I've got to go my friend just being like I'm just gonna leave now I mean the dating the dating thing is a whole nother thing like that is like that's a whole nother challenge because you could be like great with your family with your friends with career and then suddenly when it comes to a relationship you're just like I'll do anything yeah, yeah, yeah. please love me <laughs> please please so yeah and I think you know exercising your boundaries and like speaking your truth in relationship especially at the beginning is really hard really really hard and it's always that thing as well it's like do you tell someone that you're just not into it if you're not into it yes you just like try yes. and like slowly hope they get the message i am such <laughs> a proponent like if uh, i could be president of a dating app or president of dating i don't even know what i'm trying to say but if i could try and implement one rule is that i would i think it's so important for people to tell people hey you're just the truth. yeah because this weird expectation of um that everyone should like each other is kind of nuts like the likelihood of someone really it's liking so you and, and getting on with you and pursuing you the chances of that are not that high and also it's yeah this that we because we do live in a world now where it's like it's it's numbers driven it's a volumes game so it's like if everybody doesn't like me i'm doing something wrong whereas like you say it's like the thing that comes down to attraction between two people is really quite specific and like quite beyond our comprehension and what makes up that recipe for why people connect it's like it's just something that's there it's a chemical thing most of the time so being disheartened and upset when it's when it's not is kind of futile but like then i i asked myself this question i was like can you have a one-way connection then you know oh interesting yeah so i was thinking about this because like you know when you're really not into something Mm -hmm. and they they're really keen or the other yeah. way around it's yeah. like is that just a kind of you put them on a pedestal and you're enamored by them and like desire them or are you really feeling a connection and i'm still not 100 percent sure yeah it's an interesting one because i think that you can like there are things that everybody if they're aware of it or they're not like you can have a, ch a, a tick box you can have you know t your type or whatever and I think that some people, they know what that is. And so if they meet someone who fulfills that, they're like, that's my person, you know? For some people, and then for other people, they might be a bit like, but you don't meet my criteria. And like, you don't take those boxes for me or whatever. So maybe it can be like a mismatch. I think most of the time what happens though, it's like they kind of resemble quite a lot of them. And then we just like shoehorn them into yes. it. We're like, yes, it fits, it fits. <laughs> It is you. I know it's you fit into this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think if we were more honest with ourselves, that's why it's like important to hold on to like what you want in your mind, but also be aware like that the person that you're experiencing might not be it and that's okay. Definitely. And also that even if they are it, this is just stuff me and my best friend talk about all the time because we're constantly in this cycle of like, but you can like them, but it's okay if they don't like you and like, uh, don't take it personally and just let it go, you know, even if they are that person at the end of the day, and I know this sounds so like zoomed out, uh, like big picture in quite a vague way, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because you can't own them, you can't possess them. Yes. Like even if you guys are together, they're not a part of you. They are their own individual. Totally. And this is this is why, like I say, when it comes to relationships, it gets so much more complex because we are sold this romantic notion that like a partnership is an ownership and that we like a mesh within each other. And that's why like just make unrealistic demands on your partner. And that's why everyone is disappointed because their expectations are so unrealistically high. And I'm really coming around to the idea now, and it's taken me like 31 years to be like, you know, I don't owe that person anything. They don't owe me anything. We don't own each other. We're two like autonomous beings that are like choosing to create something together, but that's it. And there's, and I think everyone is like, and myself included at times, I'm like, oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> 
you know, because before it'd be like, and you're responsible for my happiness. Yes. yes. Okay, good. Glad we cleared that up. And that's never true. That's just an illusion. And all the language and all the like baby talk and all the sort of neediness that we romanticize, it's actually quite, it can be quite toxic and really unhealthy. And now I'm realizing that if you can switch your psychology around that, there's so much magic in it because we need that fear and danger to keep it exciting. Because as soon as we lose that, you all the like friction goes, mm-hmm. all the tension. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's why a lot of the times when people get married, it's like, oh, where'd our sex life go? Because suddenly you're like, okay, we kind of have like made this contract that we own each other or something. Sounds pretty like finite and don't want to have sex with you anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you know that that person, like, they can leave. They can leave and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. That creates Mm -hmm. the kind of desire and the attraction. I It's very true. I uh, was taught, I've researched a lot about marriage and the more I look into it, the more I'm like, I don't know if I actually want to do this because yeah. It's I'm a kind lo- of the same, you know. I'm like, if Are I, you? I, I, yeah, I think this. I'm like, I've been thinking it over lockdown. I was like, okay, if people, because we haven't been able to like have parties and stuff. I'm like, if people couldn't have a party, they didn't have a ring, and they couldn't tell anyone, would they still want to get married? Very, very true. Because I know a lot of people that just like, it's this really archaic way of thinking. It's just like, look, I've been chosen. I'm, I'm a real person. I've been chosen by a man, and everyone's just like. Let's go down to the village and celebrate. <laughs> like it's like we're so progressive in so many aspects of our lives. Yet this one, we really go backwards in time, and I find it kind of weird. Even in terms of the finances and stuff, of being like, we'll never get divorced. Take ev- like you know, we don't need to like organize how the finances are going to be delved because we're in love. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, you idiot. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> I, I really want to read into it and I've been planning on it but I haven't got around to it but how like marriage as a construct was created for like a a sort of economic thing like a societal like economic thing it was very like pragmatic it was kind of like you know you have some cows and I'll have your daughter kind of exchange and it was also based on like a 40 year lifespan yes exactly now technically you should plan for two <laughs> two marriages but also then when romance like there was a sort of like I guess the romantic revolution or something came into it and then everyone was like, oh, it's all about love as romance. And I actually never was supposed to. And I think that that's where things kind of go a bit wrong because, you know, so many marriages now end in divorce because I think people's expectations for it are a bit skewed. It's not like it's lost the sort of practical element and is now all about romance. And, you know... Yeah, it's also when, um, I just thought it was super interesting, when, as well, when women, like, weren't seen as their own independent person and they were either the responsibility of their father or, later down the line, their husband, because they didn't have the vote or anything and they were just kind of, like... like, property. Literally. And so they're just under somebody else's household. So then when women do get the vote and they do become an individual person, it's kind of like, isn't that necessary anymore? Well, this is what I mean, why it's it's so strange how, like, backward that way of thinking in is and how many girls still are like you know you have successful driven accomplished women being like why won't you propose to me like why won't you propose to me why doesn't he like want to make that thing it's like why do you need that thing yeah look at look at you like you're bossing it you, you don't need that yeah and I just think it's just this thing that we've kind of like haven't caught up with you know what I mean? Because also, this is a re- this is a really interesting point, actually. So, with the construct of marriage, like people think that infidelity is connected to the biology of men and women. It's not. It's a societal thing, and it's to do with safety. Because when women would get married, and the men would be working, and they would provide the safety and the security in the household, women couldn't have affairs because they would lose their children. Like. And their, their whole life, livelihood, depended on the man. So it was, like, far too high risk. Whereas for the man, it's kind of like, it's not that high risk. They're, they're still going to be okay. Whereas now, there are women taking over from those male roles, roles in leadership and stuff like that. And guess what? 
women are starting to have more affairs because they can because they're like I can do whatever <laughs> I like <laughs> make it rain <laughs> make it rain <laughs> exactly and I'm like that is so fascinating yeah it's fascinating and it's mad that people think that you know, and I, I'm not saying this from a perspective of it's crazy that there are pe- all these people out there and they think this, they're so silly because like, I'm not saying that one day my brain psychology won't change and like, I'll fall in love and be like, let's get married. But for right now, with the perspective that I have, like to think that we're going to commit and then we'll be together and he won't cheat and I won't, and it doesn't take away any of those feelings. is like getting a, a, a government contract that you guys have the same surname now and you're within the same household doesn't mean that you won't still have those exact same. Yeah, you have those same relationship I know. things. And it's funny that people just go at they're like, this is a guaranteed certificate of happiness and like completion. And then they realize that it's not. It's really and there's a beautiful thing in like making that commitment to one person, but it's really just like one step in that mm-hmm. rather than that being like, okay, this is this is locked in. Yeah, and done. yeah. My brother has vowed, lol, um, that he's uh, never going to get married. He's like absolutely never doing it. Like he told his girlfriend uh, before they were even boyfriend and girlfriend because he he was 28, I think, and they started dating on 29. And he said, FYI, if you ever think it's going to go that way, like I'm not doing it. I'm not getting married ever. See, ever. I was, the, 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 a lot of girls are like, I'll change his mind. I know. <laughs> They're like, I'm completely fine with that. That's okay. Yeah, I know. I'll change his mind. I'll change his mind. Yeah. No, that's totally fine. I don't want to, I don't want to get married either. <laughs> Marriage what? <won't> me. <laughs> and then like a couple of years later, they're like, why the fuck were you marrying me? And they're like, I said I didn't want to get married. They're like, yeah, but you were supposed to change your mind. <laughs> and like the thing is, it's like when people tell you who they are and what they want, like believe them the first time. Yes. I stole that from someone. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. But it's true. It's so true. It's so true. My mum says that a lot. And it's crazy. If you, I feel like one of the things I've really learned as well is that if you ask a man or if you ask someone a question, they tell you the answer. Listen. Listen to what they're saying. Like, rather than just being like, it's okay. I'm just going to ignore all of those red flags and pretend like it's all okay. And like you said, hopefully change someone's mind. Like, if someone tells you who they are or what they want, whatever, like you just said, then you got to take that at face value and, and prioritize what's best for you. I think it's always like, as soon as you're hearing yourself trying to convince yourself of something or the situation that it is something other than what it might be, it's a red flag, you know? But it's really hard at the same time because there can be really great ingredients in something, but then you just know, like, perhaps even more than them saying it, but on an intuitive level, that it's, like, Mm. it's off. And that something's off. And, like, to have the courage to be, like, rather than, I think, jumping to try and fix and make it it be what you're hoping it is, hoping it could be rather than just being, like, you know what? I think thing that I constantly have to tell myself is, like, to soften and surrender and things. Because I go into, like very masculine being like I'm gonna make it happen the way I want it to happen and I have in the past but that doesn't happen anymore actually I end up getting like yeah smacked in the face (laughs) so now I'm just like okay I'm just gonna chill and let this unfold and not not try and grab on to what I think let let life take its course however that's gonna be not resist the not what is it don't resist the change don't resist the change yeah one thing I, I wanted to ask you when you were, it was ages ago when we were talking about the stubbing the toe thing and the self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, if you do that, like if you stub your toe and then you think to yourself, oh, I'm gonna have a shit day. And then everything you do, like it's raining and, you know, someone's like eating all the peanut butter or whatever, like it's all gonna be shit and contribute to that shitness of the day. Do mm-hmm. you think like with horoscopes, so... So it's super similar, but you're just doing it externally. Yes. It's so, and someone is telling yeah. you, you know, you might have like some relationship prob- troubles today or like you might run into like money issues or you might do this. And then do, do you ever find that, that that's one of the reasons why I've never gone to a palm reader or like a tarot card reader because I'm scared that they're going to tell me something like... Totally. And it will get in my head. Totally. And so, like, I've got some friends that get really attached to it. They're like, oh, so-and-so told me I'm going to meet someone in like a month, so that's going to happen. I'm like, (laughs) 
I, w- I wouldn't like resign yourself to that too much. And they were like, and it's going to happen in a weird way. So like, I'll watch out for weird things happening. <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying. And it's, it is kind of one of the same, but one is like, and here's the trick with astrology. As soon as we like give too much power to something that's outside of ourselves, we we're like losing our we're not losing it but we're like disengaging from the fact that we have free will you know voluntarily which isn't a positive thing so like my perspective with the whole thing is it's it's a dance between the two worlds you always have choice in everything and you always can like respond to everything rather than react but with the the astrological part it's like if someone says stuff like I have a like my personal spirit guide who is Nora who does the podcast and she's been like incredible for me but she's also very mindful she's like karmically there's stuff that I don't say because it's like you're not supposed to right so you have to be really also there's a lot of fucking charlatans out there like you have to be really careful of who you go and speak to my mum's very like quite religious and she doesn't like she doesn't like tarot and stuff like that she's like I find it really dark so I think that you have to be very wary. But if you're just looking for like a, a bit of guidance, then I think it's quite harmless. But as soon as you're sort of like losing your personal responsibility in it and thinking that you're just like at the mercy of the planets, then it becomes problematic. So I think like there's always an element of play and having fun and not taking it too seriously. And it's not like... It's not the Bible, do you know? Like, yeah. be like, oh, well, that's what's going to happen next week kind of thing. But that I definitely, I definitely do, when I'm feeling, like, uncertain about stuff, I listen to, like, horoscope, general readings for, like, Tauruses. Sometimes they're just so apt. So unbelievably true, yeah. That I'm like, I cannot actually believe that this is happening. But then I always kind of sit with it because if it's resonating, like, in my body, then I know that something's connecting. I don't force myself to believe that it's true if it's not. And sometimes I'm like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like picking up a sort of self-help book and like being like, oh yeah, that part I can take and that part I can use. But just always make sure that it's a, it's an instrument for progression rather than to derail you. Right, right. Okay, so it sounds like you use astrology as a guide and maybe as something to like propel you in your life choices or to give you yeah some guidance when you need it but it's not something that's kind of debilitating in your how can I move forward or how can I be caggy right now like you you have control over your own life with your own free will totally and I'm not someone that's like oh you know Mercury's in retrograde therefore I'm not gonna like do anything or whatever because sometimes like I look at things and I'm like I feel like everyone's just saying this is happening in the planets so rest and don't do anything I'm like that was the same the same like (laughs) the same forecast last week do you know what I mean it's like so I'll just chill um so yeah I do take it all actually with a pinch of salt but when I'm feeling uncertain and I like want some guidance I find it really I find it really useful I Mm. really do Mm -hmm. it brings me a lot of solace and comfort and have you met listening to your Saturn Returns podcast it's always super interesting because obviously you have lots of different people who come on and interview and a lot of them provide like amazing insight how is that journey for you like do you enjoy podcasting and obviously you do an amazing job so it I expect the answer to be yes but like do you enjoy it? What does it give to you? And yeah, I guess those two things, like I just want to hear about your relation with it. Yeah, the thing is it's been, I don't think it's a coincidence that I started it and fully committed to it after my Saturn return because that's something like I was like, okay, I, this is what I want to commit to because this feels not only true for me, but also it gives me accountability, you know? It keeps me like, developing in one direction which is something that I've always struggled with and something that I know that I, I need to like work on so I really enjoy that actually like it's not only crafting an identity for me but it's also like reclaiming the parts of myself that I kind of disconnected from simultaneously which is really nice sometimes it feels quite revealing and sometimes I'm like fuck I sh- I'm sharing quite a lot and that freaks me out a bit because like sometimes I think I'm quite a private person and then 
you know, I'm sharing all this stuff. <laughs> so also I do, I have it in my, it's actually in my chart that I have a thing that, of not knowing when enough is enough. And that can manifest in like so many aspects of my life. So sometimes with this, I'm like, when am I giving too much of myself, you know? Like, because I never know when enough is enough. And sometimes then, like, if my own cup is empty, it's it's not good. But also to go back to the astrology, my north node and south node, my south node is about, like, communicating to, to people and, like, sharing things and, like, making, like, that meaningful contribution that I can. So that really is the podcast for me, that part of myself. But then I also have to nurture the North Node, which is like what lights me up on a very personal level. Like what, and, and so that's kind of, your North Node is like wrapped up in your purpose. Like that doesn't mean to say it has to be the thing that is your career, but it's whatever gives you joy, you know? Not that the podcast mm-hmm. doesn't, but like mm-hmm. you have to balance these things out. So, and that for me is like music right. and, and writing and just kind of like being with myself and, and being creative. So I think w- when I have the balance right, it, it works really well. And when you say that the podcast helps you kind of reclaim parts of yourself. Yeah. Do you mean that in a sense that, and with the accountability thing as well, that it allows you to hold yourself account- accountable to progressing by having these kinds of conversations with people so that you know you're always personally moving in that right direction exactly right it's like having in a way like multiple therapists do you know what yes. i mean yes. that you're learning so much wisdom from like you then you have to really want to sabotage to go and like not listen to that stuff and i think before because i was so unanchored and i had no guidance in this sort of realm I would kind of like progress and then destruct and then progress and then destruct and now I don't destruct anymore and I think a big part of that is having that community of people and that accountability and being able to like explore the emotions that I before I guess didn't know how to handle but now I have like a different way of expressing them Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and I know more how to like healthily regulate my emotional state rather than having to escape or numb out and do you find that it helps you keep going and motivates you the fact that you have a community and they can write to you and tell you you know like things that they really resonated with and things that help them that it makes you excited to produce more totally but i've got to be honest i think the thing that really motivates me it's like it's half that but maybe a bit more than half is like my own exploration of self that probably is the most motivating because I'm so curious. I'm always wanting to learn more and getting to talk to these people. Yeah, it's like, it's great that it can be a tool book and, and helps other people. But, you know, mm. selfishly, like, I want to know. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to share it with people because I'm not, no one ever should be, like, selfish with, like, progressive information, you know? And that was the, my whole point and ethos of the podcast. I was like, I felt really lonely. I felt really lost. And I felt like everyone had been sent like a handbook of life in the mail and mine had been lost. And like, I was like, I don't want anyone to feel that way. And I was like, if I felt that way, then like loads of people must have. So, and that's been like perhaps the most meaningful thing is getting people saying to me like, this has really helped me through a difficult time. That I've got to say is like uh, as well, one of the, the main motivational Parts. that's really moving you know hearing that that feeling lost like that and then wanting to I think it's a really good and a really healthy sign that you were like okay I need to try and either hold myself accountable or I want to become more self-fulfilled and learn more through having really enriching conversations with people and having yourself as your primary aim in that like on the one hand yeah like you described it as like somewhat selfish but ultimately like 
you have to be in life like you have to if to serve others yeah yeah if you're not protecting yourself as number one and then making sure that your needs are met and that you feel good about yourself and and happy on some kind of level then how can you help anyone else exactly and it goes back to that thing we were saying at the beginning about the people pleasing like we we make martyrs of ourselves and think that that's an act of service and it's not you actually have to like have personal sovereignty over your own energy and your energetic body and like your emotional state and know when you can give because you can't you can't give from an empty cup and do you ever find that process of having those conversations recorded was that ever anything that you were like no because you you know you're so cool and collected and lovely and warm in your podcast that do you ever get nervous when you're talking to people do you ever find those conversations difficult to have like from a personal kind of perspective or not really not really i just love talking (laughs) (laughs) i really i love talking about these kind of things so i don't i and also i've always felt comfortable you know i feel comfortable talking about the vulnerable stuff I almost feel more comfortable talking about that stuff than like if someone was telling me how to be. Like I think before in the past when I sort of had to have like more media training things around myself, I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm scared of saying something. Like I want to be able to be truthful, and for that to be invited and for that to like connect with people. So not really. The only part I got like a little bit nervous when I was interviewing Julia Samuel, who came on the podcast recently, and she is a psychotherapist that specializes in child bereavement and and grief. And she's like, she's pretty, she's pretty sophisticated in terms of like her experience. So I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. Um, But not and that was also because it was on the computer. So it's like slightly if you are a bit nervous that can like, make that worse but other than that no but it's always surprisingly tiring yes totally because you exert so much of yourself you know and and conversation if you're really doing it at a a good level like listening just shutting up and like not saying anything and trying to hear and like feel that person's experience that's a lot of energy totally but afterwards i'm always like i should go and like write something or do something I, why am I tired you know what I mean yeah but actually yeah it does like and the thing is we don't listen most of the time you know we're not listening like you say that thing of like when someone tells you like what they want and who they are we're like I'll just think what I want to think <laughs> yeah have you heard of the book seven habits of highly effective people by this guy Stephen I have but I haven't read it so I read it in the beginning of lockdown. It's my, it's one of my favorite non-fictional books and they have a whole chapter in there which is seek to understand before being understood. And it's all about listening. And I remember reading like the first page and, th- and being like embarrassed because it talks about how most people in conversation, conversation, when they're just talking at people, they kind of use them as a soundboard. And when someone just talks about their life, they just project their own movie of their life onto theirs and try and prescribe, like someone's like, I'm having a really hard time because of X. And most of the time, and this is definitely what I was doing, I'd be like, yeah, I've had a similar time to that. And this is what I did that made me feel better. And I was reading it and I was like, oh damn, like I'm not listening to people. When we kind of like compare the story. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a, it was, I really recommend it because it was such a good like eye-opening experience for me to be like, oh, okay, I need to be way more humble in terms of like when I'm listening to people and like the the fact that they're sharing their story with me and I need to appreciate that rather than just being like, listen to me. But it can be exhausting, yeah. It can. And also like you also have to be aware sometimes when people are just like offloading onto you, you know? Yes, yes, true. Because sometimes you can be really good at listening and then you're like... few hours uh, I could just be like an automated machine yeah (laughs) (laughs) because people can people can because they're so not used to it that when you give them the opportunity they're just like and then this happened and you're like this is exhausting but sometimes people need that like sometimes people just need to feel like they're listened to even if they're not really being listened to that's why therapy is so good true you know because that is actually fundamentally i think what most people do in therapy is they just talk and have someone listen but isn't that sad that they have to go and pay for that 
I know, it is sad. Do you go to therapy? I have done in the past. It was a very, it was really important for me when I did. At the, I went from my 30th in May for a year. So it was a, yeah, and maybe even a bit longer actually. But it was, I'd started going like a couple of months before I had like a really turbulent breakup. And it was like, I could have quite easily spiraled back into old bad behavior then. And I think that the therapy really helped hold me accountable. Right. You know, and I learned yeah. a lot because she was really, she was really intelligent. She was really switched on woman. And we had like these kind of incredible conversations. And I just, because I am an inquisitive person and I'm curious, I don't take criticism badly if it's constructive. Like I'll always be like, okay, I can work on that. I could change that. And sometimes you just need a bit of guidance with navigating those things because that you can have all the self-awareness in the world, but if you've got like blocks, literally like something's there and you're like, I cannot actually, it's so close that you can't see it. You're just like, I know there's something there, but like, <laughs> what is it? And sometimes you need someone just to create that distance and be like, this. And you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't have a clue. I know. <laughs> And it's so funny how someone can just say one thing and it totally changes your perspective on that. And you're like, I just didn't see it from that angle at all. And sometimes the thing is, the reason is because you don't, we don't want to. You know, there's always a big part yeah. of us that doesn't want to progress, that doesn't want mm -hmm. to like deal with those things because there's a protective like barrier. Like our egos just wants us to stay safe, which often means staying small. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to go to those parts. But like... You know, I, the friendship groups I have are all... Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is exhausting. Because <laughs> we're all, like, getting involved, you know? We're like, what does this mean? <laughs> and, we're just, and then I have to balance it out with friendships that are just like, stop overthinking everything. You're, this is embarrassing. Yes. yes <laughs> you know yes, what yes. I mean? And those are usually my male friends. And they're just like, can we just, like, have fun and laugh and, you know... They're like, no, 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 stop podcast talk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know, it's so true. Like sometimes you definitely need those moments of like, let's talk and analyze it. And sometimes you just need those moments of like, meh, well, uh, we're just moving on from that, you know? Exactly. It can be destructive. It can be yeah. really, like, if you become, it's also an indulgence, you know? Like you have to be in a fortunate enough position to be like, let me just dissect this within every inch of its life yes. you know what I mean like and I've been able to indulge in that quite a lot but it's not always good you have to know when it's like not good for you it's cr like the indulging thing I had a breakup once where um I was crying like on this day like crying 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 so much and then at one point he just went um I think he was like are you actually sad or are you just like overindulging yourself in the sadness and it really was like who, someone who said this this was my first ex-boyfriend Oh, so the person that you've broken up with actually said that? Yeah, like, because we'd been crying and it was extremely emotional. And then I was just kind of, like, going for it. Like, I was just crying and crying and crying. And then at one point he was just like, okay, you need to stop. Like, I think you're just loving the sadness. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and what's wrong with that? <laughs> when he said it, I was like, how dare you? Like, oh my God, I'm just sad. And then I thought about it and was like, mm, yep, yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm think I'm loving the sadness. Like, I love welling in. But isn't you know. that like kind of a beautiful thing at the same time? Yes. It's like when you yeah. feel that much, you're just like, wow, this is kind of like amazing. But it, it's just mm -hmm. like being able to acknowledge that. Yeah, totally. Well, first of all, I'm super shocked that this hasn't run out after 40 minutes. <laughs> I know, it's like magic. I kept thinking, I was like, I mean, there's a glitch, glitch in the matrix because this definitely should have run out. I know, I know, yeah, which is pretty great. But um, yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground and it's been super <laughs> interesting to chat with you, Kagi. Before we wrap this up, like, as you know, you're an inspiration, I think, to a lot of women. And you, when I said I was doing a podcast with you, lots of my listeners and followers reached out and they were like, oh my God, stop. Like, I listen to Saturn Returns all the time. And you know that I saw on your Instagram, somebody left you a note in that, in Granger. Yeah. She messaged me and she was like, oh my God, like, I love her. I'm so excited. Yeah. And so for those 
women because most of my listeners are women between age between 23 and 27 who are kind of like going through their own shit and not just for those women but people in general like have you got any kind of advice for them right now i know it's kind of like a massive <laughs> like pressure moment but anything that you think would be like helpful whatever for people to hear that they're going through a tough turbulent time that are going through yeah a tough time or even just like um something reflective of like where you were at in your 20s and and after your Saturn returns and something that maybe you wish someone had said to you when you were like 23, 24, going through a bit of a like, I don't know what life is, where I am phase. Well, I'm not very good at answering these things in short and snappy ways, but... No probs. I'll, I'll try my best. But I think, you know, the way I round up like every episode felt, you know when all of everything that in the world has happened with with coronavirus and everything it felt particularly apt but it wasn't intentional but this idea that like we're you know you're not alone like that was something that feeling of loneliness when you are going through something difficult is incredibly painful because it's in that sort of isolation and that solitude that everything just feels unbearable so i think being able to find like people that you can reach out to. When I was living in LA, I didn't really have those kind of friends that I could call on that they could just come sit with me and just be, you know? And I think it's really important to like have those people in your life. Something that I do, that the guy I'm seeing said was like, I think he thought it was a bit, well, no, he didn't think it was sad, but after <laughs> I said it, I was like, God, I sound a bit sad. But I get this thing where I still, I still get moments where I'm like, and that's just, just, you know, even though I might come across as like happy a lot of the time, I get really low. I still get really low. And when I do, one of the things that I have to, to do is I have to go to my journal and I have to write down all the people in my life that love me and that I love because I start to think that I don't have anyone, even though I know that that's crazy because I have so many people in my life, even like people on social media that even that girl you said that messaged you from Grange like we have these conversations that are really fulfilling for me on like a meaningful level but I have to go and do that and do those kind of things to check myself to stop myself from spiraling in that thought so even when like negative and and difficult things are happening I'm not going to say like it's all going to be fine and just to be positive because sometimes that's just like a meaningful thing to say like accept that it's it's rough and like feel that it's rough and be upset and be emotional and like be in that emotional state about it and allow yourself to indulge but also know like this too shall pass like everything is fluid and everything is moving and even though it doesn't seem like it at the time like you're going to be in a different place later down the line and just try and do the things that can keep you grounded and can keep you in a good enough place that you know, allows you to essentially survive because we're all in a bit of a survival state right now. And whatever that might be, and like, for me, it's really important to eat really well, to get out in nature, walk, to connect with people, whether that's like through social media, but it's better to actually have phone calls and to be kind to yourself, like to be kind to your body. And that means eating well, that means exercising. Like it's all, the thing is, it is all those little things that amount to something great. And it's really hard to see that and feel that when you're going through something difficult. I remember when like, I go through my periods of depression and I think, and someone's like, you should go to the gym. I'm like, the gym isn't gonna fix this. But actually, if I'd gone to the gym or I'd gone for a run five days prior, like three times, I probably wouldn't be feeling the way I was feeling. But we just always think that it's like, when we're in that darkness, that it's, that we're never gonna get out, but we always do. It's just important to know the steps that we can take to get there. So that wasn't a very short and snappy answer. No, but it's so true. And I think it's so beautiful, that this idea that you don't, if you don't feel good, you don't need to get into, into your head of, I need to feel happy and I need to feel positive because if anything that makes you more anxious. And that is the problem with like, what is going on in this, in this world and this realm of like, well-being and spirituality it's like bypassing all of this stuff and that is not what i'm like here to practice by any means and i've seen people like i've gone to workshops and stuff where people are like you can have a positive abundant like wonderful life i'm like 
that's that's poisonous to tell people that are suffering that kind of yeah. thing. Because I'm the truth is like life is unfair and like it's it's gonna like drop kick you in the face sometimes, but it's you can deal with it how you wanna deal with it and you have control over mm-hmm. that. That's really beautiful, thank you. How are the people <laughs> <laughs> It's okay not to be okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have a nap now. <laughs> I know, no, me too. <laughs> me too. But Kagi, thank you so much. That was awesome to talk to you. I'm gonna stop recording now. Okay. That is it for now, guys. I hope you enjoyed that pod. If you want to check out Kagi and you want to follow her on her social channels, you can check out her podcast, which is at Saturn Returns Podcast, or her personal Instagram, which is at Kagi's World. Both of those are in the description. Like I said, if you want to reach out to me with any feedback, please do. I always love hearing that. And if you enjoyed this podcast, before I forget, how could I? If you could leave me five stars on Apple Review, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys are calling it, that would be much appreciated. So I hope you guys have a lovely rest of your week and I will see you next Sunday.